You're listening to the Pride On podcast from the Civil Service LGBT Plus Network. It's June and it's Pride season, but this year things look very different. And I guess you could say that Pride is off. Well, not for us. And on this podcast, you'll hear inspiring LGBT plus civil servants talking about their lives, identities, and what Pride means to them. I'm Jordan Ledger, I'm a civil servant, I'm a gay man, and today I'm your host for this podcast. In this episode, I'll be joined by Max Scantlebury, who's done some brilliant work on what it means to be an ally. We talk about straight people being an ally to the LGBT community, and we talk about how the Black Lives Matter movement reminds us that the LGBT community might not be as inclusive for black and minority ethnic LGBT people as we like to think it is. So let's get into it. Hi, Max. Welcome to the Pride On Podcast. How are you today? Hi, Jordan. I'm doing really well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, Max, tell me about yourself and tell me what you do for the civil service. Uh, So I've been in the civil service for about five years now. I work in the home office, have done for the last four and a half years or so. Um, I currently work on police funding policy, which uh, wasn't uh, a policy area of great interest to many of my friends and family until uh, uh, things changed quite dramatically in world events uh, over the last few weeks suddenly I'm asked my opinion a lot more on <laughs> these sorts of things which uh, I won't share on this podcast of course uh, but an interesting no, you're area a good civil servant. <laughs> exactly um, a bit about me my uh, father is uh, black west Indian and my mother is white French I grew up in sunny Reading so quite a, a safe and sedate upbringing in the home counties uh, having said that, of course, I have had, you know, a, a, an interesting experience of growing up, both coming to terms with my sexuality as a gay man and as as a mixed race teenager, lots of sort of feelings of being slightly other, which never really go away. But now I find myself very confident and comfortable with both my sexuality and my ethnic heritage. And I think that's in large part due to the sort of support networks that I've surrounded myself with, including, I'd say, the civil service, which I think is a is a really positive employer um, for LGBT and um, ethnic minority staff. Although there is obviously still a lot more we can do. And that's what I want to talk a bit about uh, today is uh, those experiences and um, what we can strive to do more of. Great. Well, thank you. And I think that's probably a good question to ask about what other stuff you do at the home office not just your your day job Um, you're also part of the department's lgbt plus network and i believe you've done some work around how to be a good straight ally for the lgbt community so can you talk to us a bit about what it means to be a good ally yeah so i became an lgbt plus champion uh, in the home office two years ago and i wanted to develop a program of work around allies uh, allies in the in the in the broad sense of the term so that's you know cis straight people supporting the gay community and the lgbt lgbt community but also lesbian gay and, and bisexual people supporting uh, the trans community and vice versa so the, 
the large understanding of the term. I think that it's really important to me, I, I have a strong belief that uh, getting the wider community involved of our colleagues, line managers, etc., in engaging with and understanding LGBTI issues and also other areas of diversity and protected characteristics is really important to be able to propel change. And that's why I was really keen to run a number of grassroots events. We had panel discussions, we had launch events, we had training sessions, so trans awareness training sessions, terminology training sessions, um, and a hugely popular pride quiz that we hosted last summer where the aim was really to just get as many new faces through the door as possible to open up LGBT plus questions, issues, debates within the wider home office sort of staff base to take it away from being a minority interest issue to everyone's business and and something that everyone could participate in. Yeah, because what we're hearing a lot at the moment is that racism isn't an issue for black people or people of colour. It is an issue for white people because if we do live in this society of structural racism, then white people sit at the top of that hierarchy. So it is our problem to fix that. And I think that I would apply the same to the LGBT community that so many of us have straight friends and straight family and straight allies that want to help. And, you know, if we reach out to them, then they can get involved and do the work that they need to do to to help us. I think that's absolutely right. And I think what's really exciting about the Black Lives Matter movement now and, and the way it's gathering momentum is really that for it's attracting um, white people into the movement and um, it's it's sort of reaching out to many more people than it ever has before. And I think that is really fundamentally what allies sort of represent in, in striving for more equality and diversity within our, within our society is to go beyond saying, I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. I'm not transphobic. And actually taking that further and saying, what can I do to be actively uh, supportive and engaging and interested and as skilled as possible as I, uh, and knowledgeable as I can be to actually help welcome um, and empower those communities that I work alongside with um, for or who work for me. And that was really what was interesting when we, for example, provided training, uh, teaming up with another government department to do trans awareness training, I think from my perspective as a cis gay man, it's important for me to educate myself and and develop skills to be able to work happily and confidently and and feel mutually empowered with trans colleagues potentially one day coming to line manage a trans member of staff Uh, you know just being equipped with the tools to be able to work confidently with those around us I think was a really powerful and helpful thing we got a lot of good traction doing it. And I suppose what we can say there is that sometimes naively we might think that because we are part of the LGBT community, that other forms of oppression don't exist within our community. But the concept that just because we are oppressed doesn't mean we can't oppress others. And Stonewall, one of the UK's leading LGBT charities, by their own research, um, 51% of LGBT people of colour in Britain say they have faced discrimination within the LGBT community because of their race. And I think this is the concept um, that many people understand as intersectionality. So that could be, for example, um, a black gay man 
who could still be within the minority within an LGBT safe space because of his ethnicity, but also could be in the minority in a black safe space because of his sexuality. And of course, it's not just race or sexuality. Intersectionality can apply to gender, to disability, to class and any other type of social inequality. But as you were saying, that given that anti-racism is on a lot of people's minds at the moment in the UK, in the US and elsewhere, and we are now having these important discussions around structural racism and what it means to be an anti-racist. And also given that this month is Pride Month, where we ask other people to reflect on our heteronormative society and to think deeply about homophobia and biphobia and transphobia. What can we do to make sure this isn't just focused on the needs of white LGBT people? Well, there's a lot to unpack there, Jordan. Um, so <laughs> I, I, we've got time. I complete, we've got time. We've got time. I completely agree. Um, and um, I'd start by saying, I within this whole uh, discussion and the way things have moved forward over the last few weeks, which I, I, I think is a uh, we're living through re- a really sort of seminal moment in um, in 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 the levels of engagement and the level of um, of activism that, that's that's going on, spearheaded by the the Black Lives Matter movement and discontent um, across the Atlantic. But within that, we need to ask ourselves what we're doing. You know, the, the part that we play within that. And frankly, I think that the LGBT plus community should hold itself. To an even higher standard than um, than than the wider population, because the feelings of trauma that we have all experienced to a greater or lesser degree um, within our own lives should give us at least the beginnings of of of, of uh, sort of a, a, a form of empathy that we can understand what um, the anger and discontent and uh, dissatisfaction among the black community and, and, and ethnic minority communities, we should be able to to empathise with that, and we should be able to uh, we we should have the tools to be able to sort of join that and understand it and work with it. And I think the same is 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 equally true of you know as I was saying before, when we we as as gay men and as lesbian women should actively be declaring our support of of people in. Uh, the trans community because it's not always obvious uh, you know it, these th- these are things that have to be actively stated and we have to celebrate those things i think touching on on one of the points you made i can only really speak to the the, the game male experience but certainly it can be incredibly daunting and intimidating and even cruel for non-white people uh, trying to integrate the sort of gay community, particularly the sort of there are some sinister and um, sometimes quite vain and vulgar sides to um, to the gay community that is in this country sort of dominated by uh, white men, and we need to hold a mirror up to that and work out how we're going to how we're going to make active efforts to um, make sure that we are as inclusive and welcoming and a friendlier community as possible. I think as we progress towards doing that, we need to acknowledge how important uh, events like Black Pride are in empowering ethnic minority uh, groups while, you know, everyone else catches up, I guess, and, and, and allows 
allows us all to live in a in a in a much more welcoming community. And thinking about how we project that onto the wide onto wider societal issues and how we want to be remembered as an LGBT community within this wider struggle for equality. Yeah. So here in Britain, the LGBT community has achieved so much in terms of legislation and cultural acceptance in so many ways over the last few recent decades. But in many ways, if we do hold that mirror up to ourselves, we see that our community now in many ways looks like the wider straight community because so many people we see in TV and film championed as being these great LGBT people and our main spokespeople often are white and our LGBT community does sort of look and mirror the same problems um, around racism that exist in wider straight society. And if we are asking straight society to think more about homophobia, biphobia and transphobia, because we know what it's like to suffer under oppression and to feel that pain of being an oppressed community, we should turn that inward and look at how there are people in our community who have other forms of oppression as well that we are not oppressed by, that we can do something positive with because of that privilege we have. Um, And if we are asking straight people to use their privilege to help us, we as white LGBT people should use that white privilege to help LGBT people of colour in our community so that we're not just liberating white LGBT people and closing the door behind us, because what's the point in doing that? So if we look forward to what sort of actions we can take now, you were talking about your 2019 programme that you did around allies. Um, Is there anything going on this year or something to look forward to? I think on bringing it back to the organisational level of what we can do within the civil service, what we can do as, you know, as employees of the civil service, there's there's so much that we can do now to advance the cause of equal representation and to start putting our money where our mouth is on bringing all of these things together that we've talked about around race, around sexuality, sexual identity, and 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 many other protected characteristics. And I think that really starts at the corporate level. You know, there are so many initiatives that we can follow. There is sponsorship, there's reverse mentoring, uh, there's having diverse recruitment panels, um, introducing race pledges and charters, that, and, and making sure that as civil servants, as policy officials in particular, that we are knowledgeable about and properly applying the public sector equality duty in particular. And then there's the grassroots level and what we do as individuals to, to be good allies, as we've, as we've discussed, you know, learning about what the issues are, but also joining together and avoiding duplicating effort across different groups. Um, so within intersectionality, in, in practical terms, I think, you know, so much time, energy an effort could be saved and such um, so many bigger events and more sort of ambitious uh, projects could be done if the you know black and minority ethnic networks join together with uh, the LGBT networks join together with uh, the gender networks and and with the disability networks and and you know really champion the causes that collectively make the organization we work in just a better place to be for everyone involved. Um, that sounds a bit too much like joined up government. I'm not sure. 
<laughs> well, it's probably a long-term ambition, but one we should definitely one we should definitely be aspiring to, just like joined up government. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and I think I, I I strongly believe that what's been happening, what's been unfolding on our screens over the last few weeks, really demonstrates that. We've moved beyond the time just for reflection and for uh, review and for sort of introspection. It's actually a time now people are ready for action to be taken and to see tangible change within their organizations, within their communities and at the individual level for people to you know, take control of, um, of their own power and their own privilege, as you say, where they have it. And, um, and to share in that privilege and to use the tools at their disposal to open doors for others certainly is, is, is hopefully if we're properly harnessing uh, the mood and properly har- harnessing the tools at our disposal, that's what this movement can lead us to as LGBT people, as black and minority ethnic people within this country. Absolutely, because you know, we didn't get here out of nowhere there was plenty of learning and introspection and looking at history and looking at what the needs of the communities are. But we have, when you actually think about it, achieved so much in such a short space of time. And right now we're seeing everything that's going on in the US and the UK. And, you know, many people are still feeling quite emotionally almost drained by it because it's, it is serious and it is difficult and it does hold this quite painful mirror up to a lot of us. And, you know, and that's just for white people, but black and minority ethnic people, it's also raw pain. It is a, a pain body for people of colour in Britain and the US. But if we think about it as a almost psychological process, it's not just the trauma and the pain. There is a lot of hope there. There is positivity. There are things to look forward to that can be turned into energy, things that we can look forward to as we continue the struggle for both LGBT and racial equality in the future. There is a positive trajectory that we are heading in. There may be some bumps in the road, some of them very serious and very painful for our communities, but we are going in the right direction. But we just need to keep that momentum up, keep that energy up, because there is a lot to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd add to that, um, applying some focus and thinking about what it is that we that we want to achieve at the various levels um, within our power, what we want to achieve as individuals and the mark we want to make ourselves, how we want to change our organisations. And then within that, um, and at the sort of most macro level, how we want to change our society to be a, a place that we are proud and happy to live in, whatever our characteristics. I mean, that's the direction that we inevitably are moving towards. It's just a matter of how long that takes. Um, and uh, certainly uh, with my mixed heritage and my sexuality, I'd like it to be sooner rather than later. And I suppose specifically around being a civil servant, there is hope there because there does seem like this feeling within the civil service that we want to be the model employer. If we're just talking about what we can do as civil servants as employees, the civil service does like to prove itself in setting the standards for wider society, because if the government's employees can't do it, then we can't expect wider society to do it. And I think that there probably are some tangible things that we can look forward to and some positive steps taken by senior leaders who are open to listening and 
you know, there are a lot of the initiatives are around getting women or LGBT people or black and minority ethnic people from lower grades where we are represented quite well up to the more senior grades, which are dominated by straight white men. But those initiatives do seem to be taken a lot more seriously, particularly when I listen to older colleagues who've been in the civil service for a long time, that they feel like we are living through a time of change. So from just from a civil service and employee lens, if we're talking specifically, it does feel like there is some hope. We just need to keep that momentum up. And this is probably a good time to add more pressure on that momentum because it's on everyone's minds. Yeah, absolutely. And um, where as civil servants do we find opportunities to share our best practice and the way that we've developed with other organisations in the in the private sector and, and elsewhere. Certainly, um, the events triggered by um, the murder of George Floyd have caused a number of organisations, certainly just anecdotally from certain friends who work in private sector organisations, has caused some organisations to panic and feel quite exposed as the, at their lack of engagement or progress on issues of of race diversity and and other diversity within their organisations. I'm pretty confident and proud to say that in the civil service, we didn't have that the need for that sort of knee-jerk panic because we have systems in place already. We, we know where the shortcomings are. Certainly in the Home Office, in light of the Windrush review and the lessons learned from Windrush, we, we know where the failures are. We know broadly how to improve on them. And we have the structures, the societies, the engagement from um, our civil service to be on the front foot with this and to be able to share what we know more widely. Obviously, that's not to say that there's not a, a huge amount more to do. And um, as I said right back at the beginning, I feel really confident and comfortable and happy within the civil service um, and with my colleagues and I feel confident I can bring my full self to work and but I know that that's not necessarily the case for everyone in the organization and so how do we make sure that we get to every single person within our organization and uh, ensure that they are you know their most empowered and best self when they come to work every day. I would just add actually in, in the ever-present drama of course that is the coronavirus I think we need to pay particular attention to how we continue to raise expectations and to keep the momentum going on LGBT, black and minority ethnic and and other protected characteristic, characteristic issues in the absence of physical places of work. I know that I personally, as a little bit of a technophobe, um, I'm finding it difficult to to keep the same sort of momentum uh, and moving things into a remote space and 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 moving those discussions, those those networks, those events online. And I think we just need to be really, really mindful that we work doubly hard to exist loudly within a remote environment where you can't as easily put a poster up on a wall or organize an event or you know organize some some drinks. And I think that's a super important thing that we're going to need to work out. And this podcast is, of course, one of those things. So I guess it sounds like the first step that whoever we are, the first step that we need to take is to recognize that this starts with us. We need to go out there and do our own research. Thankfully, we we all have access to the internet. We can all have a quick Google. We can all have a long Google. We can do some research about issues that we care about whether it's because it affects us personally or whether it's because we want to be a good ally or just a better person. So there are plenty of things that we can get started on right now. 
Max, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you for coming to the Pride on podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Jordan. That's the end of this episode of the Pride on podcast. Thank you to Max Scantlebury for joining me today. If you're not already, you can subscribe to this podcast on all your favourite podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find out more about the Civil Service LGBT Plus Network on our website at www.civilservice.lgbt and add forward slash pride for all the latest information about this year's pride activities. You can follow us at CSLGBT on Twitter, at Civil Service LGBT on Instagram and visit facebook.com forward slash civil service LGBT for all the latest updates. Until next time, thanks for listening.